You're listening to Sacks in the Basement, a production of the Broadcast Basement Limited, where every show is 30 minutes of good and comes from a basement bar on the south side of Chicago. Pull up a stool, pour a cold one, and join us right now for Sacks in the Basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SacksInTheBasement.com. And belly on up to the nine-foot homemade oak bar. Pour yourself a cold one. My name is Chris. His name is Ed. 30 minutes of sacks for fans by fans. This is Sacks in the Basement, of course, brought to you by the fine folks over at Family Waterproofing Solutions. In 2021, they were named the South Town's Best by the Daily South Town, and they will take care of any of your issues, whether it be the big things like a bowing wall or a foundation or crack repair that needs to be done. You need to raise concrete or level it out. And the littler things like taking care of sump pumps and window wells and covers and, and all that good stuff, they'll go and they'll clean your gutters out. Right now there's snow on the ground and we'll probably get that on and off for the next couple of months. But right now you can get your estimates done. You can get your price locked in. You can also mention Socks in the Basement, get money off, and you get yourself all set to go the moment they're able to go in there and fix the issue at hand. Family-owned, veteran-owned, 24-7. Give them a call, 708-330-4466, or go to FamilyDry.com. Today, my friend on the show, we will be joined in just a little bit by the drunk uncles of White Sox Twitter, and that is the 108. And we've done this every year since the inception of Socks in the Basement. We've always done this crossover thing uh, right around New Year's. And it was really because they like to have beers. I've got a bar. Uh, I was like, why don't we just do something on New Year's weekend? Because we're all going to be wanting a little hair of the dog after New Year's Eve. That's how it started years ago. And we're going to keep the tradition alive. Well, and that's that's important to keep traditions alive, especially in the holiday spirit. And even if that tradition is just simply saying, I'm going to try and cure my hangover with more beer. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's an important tradition to keep alive. Yeah, I know. I know. So, uh, look, they they are basically the leaders of a like a section of just fanatic fans. That, that's the best way for me to put it. And as we sit here in the middle of a lockout, well, what better thing to do than to sit back and just have some fun, laugh a little bit about the good, the bad, and the ridiculous surrounding the Chicago White Sox and this lockout, as hopefully, now that the holidays are over, they'll actually get back to the negotiating table. They'll actually stop pretending that the other side doesn't want to talk, and they'll both sit down, they'll get this thing done, because I'm telling you, if I don't get baseball that starts on time, I'm going to be mad as hell, and I'm not going to take it anymore, and I'm going to blame everybody. This show's just going to turn into me yelling about players, yelling about owners, yelling about people that are doing negotiations. Like We're getting very close to me just screaming and yelling for 30 minutes until this thing is fixed. Socks in the basement, 30 minutes of Chris yelling, which is good. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Here's some guys that are not yelling. We asked uh, anybody from SocksOn35th.com. Remember, you can get Socks in the Basement not only on our website and anywhere that podcast can be found, but we're now featured on SocksOn35th.com. And the writers over there chimed in over the weekend with some of their their takes on things, their, their best moments of 2021 and what they boldly predict will happen in 2022. Take a listen. Hi, this is Adam Kaplan. I run under the pseudonym Millennial Socks for Socks on 35th. Uh, my favorite moment, I'm going to go with uh, your mean Mercedes walk-off single uh, against Detroit in early June. Just so much fun. He 
got out of his slump. And, and for my bold prediction, I want to talk about Adam Ingle. Uh, I think there's so many other players on the Sox where it's really easy to say, oh, they're going to win a Cy Young, they're going to win an MVP. But I'm going to choose that for Adam Ingle. I'm going to say he's going to be healthy. He's going to play at least 145 games in 2022. And that's going to get him MVP votes is my bold prediction. Check out my recent article on Soxbound 35th. I wrote about Michael Cook and his uh, fastball. Uh, thanks so much, guys. Hello, this is uh, Tommy Gross from Sox on 35th. Uh, my favorite moment of 2021 was the Jake Berger first career home run. That hole in game entirely was just a beautiful moment. Lucas Giolito pitching complete game, Sheets hitting homer, Collins hitting homer, Abreu going yard. It was just an awesome game. Probably my easily my favorite moment of 2021 besides maybe Feel the Dreams. Bold prediction for 2022 is Andrew Vaughn is going to shine at the plate. I think he's going to really take over either at the DH role this year and stuff and be in the all-star conversation. Thank you. Check out my uh, upcoming article about ground ball rate in the White Sox in 2021. Hello, my name is Brian Berry, and I'm a contributor for SoxOn35th.com. My favorite moment of the 2021 season, um, I know everyone's likely going to go with TA's walk-off uh, at the Field of Dreams game or Rodon's perfect game or the playoffs, so I'm going to go a little outside the box. I'm going to go with the Sox putting up a 17th spot at home uh, against the against the Crosstown Cubs. So that'll be my favorite moment of 2021. And my bold prediction for 2022, Yohan Moncada hits 30 home runs. Uh, and also, going off of that, uh, make sure you check out my upcoming article on Yuan Mankata in the upcoming week or so. What's going on, everybody? This is Jordan Lazowski, Editor-in-Chief of Sox on 35th. Happy New Year to you all. My favorite moment of 2021? Being in attendance for Carlos Rodon's no-hitter. That, that was never something I thought I'd experience live. And my bold prediction for 2022? The AL Cy Young winner is Dylan Cease. I expect a great 2022 from him. Check out my most recent article over at SoxOn35th.com on why exactly Craig Kimball struggled with the White Sox. Some interesting things did happen to him at the end of last year. We at SoxOn35th are super excited to be working with Sox in the basement. I'll see you all at the ballpark this year. Take care. What do you put as your number one moment of 2021? Uh, you know, I, I think the, the moment that kind of cemented things was early on, it was Rodon's no-hitter. You know, it it didn't have an, any impact on on how things ended up in the back end, but that was to to see that guy go out and and pitch that game. That was electric, and that was a moment where you felt like the season could be something. You know, I like that. That was a great moment. I I actually got to experience that in person with my daughter. Uh, it was a fun night. There were about seven thousand people in the stands because of the early on COVID restrictions. And uh, whenever I see a video, I can find myself. Somewhere in the video, which is kind of awesome. Yeah. If somebody took a picture in that ballpark that night, uh, I can find exactly where I'm at in the stands if it hits out there in center field because I know I'm the only person, my daughter and I, we're the only two people in the front row of that section or the first couple of rows of that section because of how everybody was spread out. So I have I have pictures from every angle of that moment because I was there, which I thought was really cool. Your bold prediction, though, my friend, for this year. My prediction is pain. <laughs> Why is that? No, I have pain for the rest of the AL. I, I honestly, I think this is uh, this is the year that you get guys taking the taking that step to becoming established major leaguers. They're no longer the young guys. They're no longer not necessarily saying that there's no room for improvement that they're going to peak, but 
I think when you talk about Aloy Jimenez and Luis Robert and even Andrew Vaughn, uh, Yohan Moncada, I think this is the year that those guys, the young core, start to figure it out and join the ranks of the Yasmani Grandals and Tim Andersons who have already figured it out. And I think they're just going to go on a warpath and just destroy pitching wherever they go. Yeah, I would say my best moment of 2021 has to be the Leary Garcia home run. That moment, that whole game three, but that home run, uh, I, I I cheered and laughed all at the same time because of the improbability of it. And, and that's what made it just right. amazing. And then my bold prediction is that Luis Roberts not only going to be a, a serious candidate for MVP, but he's going to be a 30-30 guy. I believe that this year. I also believe that we'll be watching the All-Star game with him and Mike Trout out there as starters in that game because I think that the rest of the country is starting to figure out exactly who Luis Robert is, and I think he's going to go on a tear this year. And they're going to talk about how this is Mike Trout, and this is the next guy that's going to be just like him because I think he's a future Hall of Famer, and he's going to have a huge year for the Chicago White Sox. The Drunk Uncles of White Sox Twitter are next, and we recorded this a couple of days ago right after we recorded the episode that was on their podcast feed, on their live video feed on YouTube. So you're going to hear Ed for the rest of the show also across a feed. Sorry, buddy. I'm, I'm zapping you out of the nine-foot homemade oak bar like Dr. Strange would in some kind of uh, MCU universe movie. Oh, no! Socks in the Basement listeners, do the hard work. And if you're a hardworking man or woman on the South Side, you need to be outfitted properly. And that's why you should visit Red Wing Shoes in Evergreen Park, New Lenox, and Geneva. A work boot specialty store that carries sizes from 6 to 16 and feet as wide as 4E. A 115-year-old company that came out of Red Wing, Minnesota. And one of its largest stores in the entire Midwest is in Evergreen Park, Illinois, ever since 1976. When you're on your feet, the footwear is everything. So why not get an expert fitting? They warranty, repair, and offer free conditioning with laces. And they also carry Carhartt work clothing as well. Located at 3347 West 95th Street in Evergreen Park, Illinois, at 208 East Maple Street on Route 30 in New Lenox, or at 1749 South Randall Road in Geneva. Visit them today. You work hard. You've earned it. Red Wing Shoes. Joining me right now through the magic of the interwebs, uh, we were already on their podcast over the weekend, My Sox Summer, Cherizi E, Beef Loaf, the three drunk uncles of White Sox Twitter, the 108. How are you, my friends? We're doing good. We're doing good. Did you call us Funkles? No, three drunk uncles. Oh, I thought you called us Funkles. I was like, we're actually Funkles and Uncles. Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were trying to brand something new there, Lanuti. You're, you're you're good at that. So you guys sit out in, uh, in Section 108. I, I I would think most people who listen to the show know who you are, but for those that do not, you're out uh, in, in the right field corner in that uh, tiny little sliver, and you've basically taken some seats that most people wouldn't think are the best seats in the house and made them like a thing. Like the White Sox should actually be paying you for what you've done because you've increased the value <laughs> of that section behind the foul pole by, by kind of just becoming like the place to be, people go and sit out there for games. Some people will actually select that section just so they can come out and hang out and drink beers with you. I know Ed had tickets to game three in that section until he got COVID and missed it. Yeah. So he had to sell them to somebody because oh, he was going to surprise you that day during game three and sit in your section. He had bought tickets online and that's the the section he selected. And, and you guys got to go back into 
the ballpark this year. So I guess I'll start right off with asking, being the fact that you go to the ball games is such a big thing for you and that you're season ticket holders, you're there all the time, you interact with so many fans when you're out there. What stood out to you this year? Was it something that you were like, that's what I missed? That's what I missed in 2020. That's what I missed before we could get into the ballpark. Was it something new the team was doing? What If I had to pick one highlight or even low light of the 2021 season in the ballpark, what would it be for each of you? And Cherise, I'll let you go first. Yeah, so I think the the thing the thing that I missed is is really the excitement of of a close game and the Sox winning that close game. And I I remember, and th- this is actually twofold, right? Because it's one, this is being back in the park, and it's also now we have a good team. And I remember it was early in the season. Uh, not too early because we were actually back in, in the 108. Uh, at, the, at the beginning of the season, we were kind of all spread out because of the the pods. But me and MSS were there on like a weekday, and it was a close game. We were losing, and it was like the eighth inning, and the crowd was really, really into the game. Like you felt like we're going to win this game. And people were excited and people were on their feet even before anything happened, right? Like, we're, you know, someone comes up to bat that you think, you know, might be the guy who's going to produce this game winning run and you're on your feet already. And like, it was, it was a different vibe and it just, like, it, it felt so electric to be back in the stadium, but also be back in the stadium with a good team. It was just, it's something you can't get at home. It's something that if you're sitting in front of your TV, it's not it's not there. You might be excited, but there's not these other people driving it and this this whole like community of people just going like we're going to win this game. We're going to do this and we're 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 on our feet together willing this to happen. Like that that is the thing that to me stood out the most and was like I was a year and a half removed from it and I just missed it. Yeah, it was, you're right. There was an energy, especially at the beginning when it was a small crowd, like you could hear everything that everybody was saying and you, you could hear like some guy throwing insult from the other side of the ballpark. I mean, like, <laughs> it was just stupid. Like, and you know what else is, what else is funny about those games is that when the Rodon no hitter happens, I can find pictures online where people took pictures of themselves or video of it from like the upper deck on the other side of the field. And I could find myself in the video because there's only 7,000 people there. I can be like, that's me. I know that's that's me way back there. I'm that dot. That's my daughter next to me. That's us in that background. I can find myself in every picture. It was a very weird thing to be a part of. What what stood out for you, Beef Loaf? I mean, for me, it was just like, you know, White Sox Twitter is a community. And, and the people that go to White Sox games, we're a small group. Like, you hear people in, in hindsight talk about, like, the Chicago punk scene in the late 80s, early 90s. And, like, there's this scene. You know, being a White Sox fan is kind of a scene also. In a, in a different way. You see people at the ballpark that you interact with a lot. And it was just getting back there, like Treasy was mentioning, and seeing people you haven't seen in two years. And giving them a hug, you know, COVID protocols be damned. And celebrating with those people on a regular basis. I mean, even Game 3, I mean, a lot of people, I talk about Game 3 like it was a spiritual thing because it really was. It was everyone who's a huge Sox fan that you knew was at that game. And we were all milling around the ballpark, in the ballpark, like, 90 minutes before the game was starting. Like we were all there ready for this big concert that we were about to ingest. And it was great just seeing people. And the expression on people's faces more like we're at a family reunion. We're happy to be back together 
we're going to ingest this game. And then the fact that it started on such a downer and then popped right back and became the game you thought it could become. So I, I think just a lot of the personal interaction, seeing people that you haven't seen in a while, seeing people that are longtime White Sox fans, maybe they only make five games a year, but they come through, they want to say hi, you talk for an inning, maybe you miss some baseball. That's fine because because the whole Sox being in the ballpark is like a family experience. It's like a family get-together. And as we sit here with the one away, a quick reminder to everybody that our $1,000 guest bounty brought to you by Elite Benefits of America is still continuing. We've had Liam Hendricks on. We've had David Sampson on. Who will be next? Maybe you will provide a guest that we've never had before that'll be so impressive that White Sox fans will vote it the best guest of the offseason and you will win $1,000. It is now time to call in that favor or pester somebody on social media into appearing as your contestant. Small and mid-sized companies should contact Butch Zemar from Elite Benefits of America right now so you can start the process for next year's open enrollment. Unless you still have something that's kind of floating out there, he might be able to help you as well. He wants your company to have lower insurance costs, not only for the employer, but for the employee. Check out everything that they have to offer at EliteBenefits.net. That's an important part of all of this, right? I mean, that's why we, that's part of the reason why we do this. It's not always just to sit here and, and have the release of being able to talk about your team, but being able to share that experience, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's no question. I mean, that's the whole, they're not the best color guys in the league. That's, for the, whole other, that's the whole other half of the thing, right? Entertainment is entertainment, but you also want to share that with somebody. It's like a, you hear a great album or you go to a great concert and you're like, you should go see these people. Like they're terrific. The art's great. You should go in in injustice and be in some sweaty concert venue and, and be part of what's going on here. And that's what going to a Sox game is like. I wanted to tell everybody like a little behind the scenes thing that I don't think I've talked about at the ballpark and it's right next to your section, that train that's sitting there behind the big giant goose head. We learned this year and it was just randomly my son's six years old and he wants to go see the train. And it really is just a place where people get beer. So I'm like, uh, yeah, you can bring them up there, but they're not going to do anything special. Supposedly, when you walk up and you say, hey, my kid loves the train, they'll bring the kid into the train. They'll let the kid take pictures sitting in the train yes. and they'll hand him a bag of candy or something I was gonna like say that. They got candy. They got candy Tons back candy. there. Yeah. Like, I learned that there. You guys have like a hidden thing in the ballpark right next to your se- section. So you learned about that. You figured it out this year. Uh, my daughters would go up there and and she the, there's one beer vendor up there. And she will tell them, come to the side, come pick out. And then they will like pick one because they're used to that as, you know, the trick or treating type thing. You know, you pick one and you go and they're like, take a handful, you know, so she does. <laughs> they do. And uh, yeah. And so it's something I don't even pack anymore. Like, I'm like, we'll just go to Goose Island. I'll just go get a great beer. And they will get like two handfuls of candy that they can share with them. Well, the, the, the other thing about that, too, is that the the train is a bit recessed from the end of the seats. Right. Like, so there's this area there where you can kind of stand and like that is fair game for anybody. Like you, if you're on the lower level, you could just go, you could go stand there and you could be right by the goose and just go get some beers, go right, stand, stand there, watch the game. And as many people as come down to the, the 108 to come see us, we also get the, the random text or the message. Me and my buddies are up here. Can you guys, you know, come up and, and, you know, drink a beer with us or take a picture, take a picture or, yeah. or can we, one of us punch my sock summer in the nuts, you know, like <laughs> we're, we're open for all of it. So, so it's always, that that's another fun part of that, that goose train being like right up at the top there. 
So do you, do you guys just think you'll you'll shortcut it this year and put a cardboard cutout of beef loaf with the train so that people can just knock out their selfie, take take care of the train thing? You know, well, you I can't smell do it because you people, smell. Yeah, people like to ingest my aura and they like to smell me when they get close, especially my, my aroma. Box. Not aura. They want to get aroma. in there. So, you know. Well, I, I mean, you just got to rub up against them a little bit, right? Before you <laughs> rub up against I enjoy that too. Yeah. Ed, how well do you know Blue Island? Well, we've met, but I wouldn't say we're intimate. Before we continue here with the 108, I've zapped you back into the studio to talk about the Double Play Saloon in Blue Island. Uh, it is a really cool spot. It's really a darts bar. I think that's the best way I can describe it. It's got oh, a nice. big, giant bar in there. It's kind of laid back people. Uh, you know, you're down to earth Chicago White Sox fans, and they have several different leagues kicking off, including a dart league that you might want to get into Thursdays at 730 Starting in February, you can have a team of three to eight players. You're going to play seven matches a night for 10 weeks. And signups are all the way up until February the 3rd. This is a Thursday night handicap plastic dart league. And then they also have their Sunday beanbag league. That is also 10 weeks, four to eight players. You got games on Sunday afternoons and the early evening, nine matches per week per team. So you're going to get to play a lot of bags and drink a lot of beers over a double play. That season starts towards the end of February, but you want to sign up now. Reach out to Tommy. You can call or text him at 773-574-0992. And remember, $5 basket lunch specials and $13 Miller and Bud family buckets at the Double Play Saloon. And you're going to love this one, Ed. As it gets colder, do you like soup? Oh, who doesn't like good soup? Who doesn't like a good soup? You're going to pay whatever the temperature is for a bowl of soup. It is temperature soup right now. During the winter, if it's below zero, it's free soup over at the Double Play Saloon. So I get to throw things, I get to drink things, and I might get free soup if it's cold enough. Exactly. I love this place. Exactly. Plus, they got gaming, 13011 Western Avenue in Blue Island. Check out the Double Play Saloon and tell them we sent you here from Socks in the Basement. You talk about going around to other sections sometimes and exploring the ballpark or going and finding somebody that's in a different section. If I took the 108, if I took that section away, what is an interesting spot in the ballpark that you 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 were like, man, it's kind of a cool spot when we go and we hang out there. Uh, that'd be an interesting place to watch a game for an inning or two. Like if you if all of a sudden like the White Sox are like, hey, you've made this thing so popular now. We're bumping up the ticket prices. We're putting a big gold rope around the thing. And uh, now you guys, you're you're outpriced. You can't even go into your own section. Like, what would be the next place you go head to in the ballpark? So I think we got we got a little glimpse of this uh, this year because at the beginning of the season, we did not get to sit in the 108. It's a travesty of justice, is what that is. That's, we had that's pod, awful. We had the pod seatings, and what was what was messed up, Chris, was like there were games where I knew the people sitting in my actual 108 seat. And I could see him from the section that I was in. And I was like, what are you doing over there? That's that's my seat. <laughs> Those are our my, seats. How my scent you? is still on that seat. But right. so your aura. But but so we kind of moved around in the park. And I'll tell you, I did not like uh when we sat and I think it was like section 110. We were we were like we were like first row and we're like against the the wall there. So we're like really close to the action, but it's at such a weird angle that I just did not like it. But what I did like was when we were pushed into the actual outfield and we were kind of, we were kind of pushed down and we were close to the, we were like kind of behind the bullpen area, 
but you're you're there. I love the view of the like the whole field. And I mean, we have that from from 108. That's one of the reasons that we like the section is like you get that full view of the field. You could see all the things happening. And so if if I were I, I would this is a lame ass answer, but I would just flip to the other side of the goose and sit like over there where I still have the right field view. I still have like this, this nice, like full field view of everything. And a key to this is that the bathroom behind the 108 is gigantic. So they, like the lines are shorter usually than everywhere else. So like, that's a key piece to, to all of this too. Uh, so like, I think that's like, that's probably where I'd sit, like maybe like 105, 104 area. Well, I know what my sack summer's answer is going to be. I'm going to see whether what he says, but I'm predicting it's uh, sitting in the center of the Goose Island section, drinking a Goose Island beer from the proud folks from Goose Island. Hundred percent. Okay. Is that yeah. is that what your I, answer I, I, is, Chris? I don't know if you know, but uh, we had a little beer come out with Goose Island called uh, Little Friday, and uh, they made about ten kegs, and we're like, hey, you know what? This is going to take a little bit of time to sell out. No, it didn't. It took two weeks. I feel like the profits that we had from that beer that got donated to a charity in Chicago. But next time, those profits need to be donated to front row seats and <laughs> the silent. But we need those TVs there because sooner than later, there's going to be a sports book right up in there. And we need to see that TV so we can carry on the action when Cleveland is battling Detroit at the end of September when we don't even care anymore. We want to make sure, though, we can watch that game and make sure it's legit. That's a good prediction. A sports book is probably coming there. I would think that's it. Yeah. That might that might happen sooner rather than later. And that's probably it's, the area that it's, it's going to be in. That's what I would think that they're going to end yeah, up doing. I think so, right? Yeah, definitely. Beef loaf. Give me your, give me you your know, spot. You know what? I, I, there is no other home for us. But one thing I would like to do that we haven't been doing, and even though we'll still be in 108, is we need to give back to our, our friends that are up in the 500 level. And I really think that the 108ers need to get out of our own seats occasionally in a random game and go up in that 500 level and start, buy, start buying beers and hanging out with the people that are sitting up there. There's a lot of real fans up there in 500, and I don't like that they create the class system where they're not allowed to come down to our level and just hang out in the concourse. There's nothing wrong with people coming and hanging in the concourse. It's a great place to hang out right by the rope there. You get a couple beers. You can be on the lower level. You can experience all the things down there. I wish they would allow that more. So I think what we need to do is change the game. We go up there. We go hang out. We buy some beers. We get drunk with those folks and hang out with those people because we don't hang out with those people enough. That's something we really need to do. I don't want to sit in the 500 level because I'm too scared of heights and I might fall (laughs) off the bougie. And I'm I'm worried about it. That's not about bougie. I got a little bit of fear of heights. So I need to get drunk before we go up there. But I think this is something we need to do. question. You can find me up there several times a year based on on some season ticket holders I'm related to. And I will tell you that when you get out to the seats, the the drunker I am, the more I'm convinced I'm going over that edge. (laughs) What row are you in, Ed? What row are you like? I've always, like, before we did the one-away thing, I did a blog called My Sox Summer. And I went to 50 games for under $500. And I actually did it for under five. I did it for 400. But I sat almost exclusively in the upper deck seats, unless I could get a really good deal. I found that if you're in the first 10 rows in the upper deck, it don't matter. If you're past 10 rows, then it sucks. Yeah. If you're coming out of the concourse and you're taking that left to go up the stairs, that's, that's a little problematic. That's where it gets a little, yeah. a little much. Yeah, definitely. And you know what the thing is, you talk about how they got everybody separated. That's one of the, I think the big mistakes that the White Sox made. I mean, you get, you get two guys from LSIP that run out and beat up one third base coach. 
And and the next thing you know, you can't come down from the 500 level. I mean, that I mean that's where all the rules really come from. I yeah. think anybody that's been a, a White Sox fan and been around the team and been to games over the last couple of decades, like I remember when you could stand in the bullpen sports bar, which is now where the, the Goose Island uh, section is, and there was no limit to the amount of people that could stand there on the field level when it was just a place where you could stand. The moment the limit began was because it was a doubleheader against the Yankees, and somebody grabbed Paul O'Neill and held him to the to the fence, and it was a rowdy crowd, and people started throwing beer on the ground. They cleared the entire bar out, and the next day, you had to have a sticker to go out there. Now only 25 of you can go stand out there. There always seems to be a rule that goes into place because of like one bad incident, and it's a shame because I think those 500-level people, if you really want them to start upgrading how much they're spending, show them what it's like down at the lower level. Exactly. Okay? And if you show them what it's like, down, they might spend more money and be at the lower level. It's a really bad marketing yep. decision, I think. And, and that's that's the, the amazing thing, Chris, is like, here's why we sit in the 108. Here's the here's the genesis of of the 108 happening. This is great. We're gonna get this right now. This is exclusive right me, here on Sounds of and, Baseball. Me and Beefloaf, for you know, for our entire life, we we grew up in Bridgeport, so we were not far from the park. Going to the park was a special occasion. Like this was not something like our parents did not have season tickets. Our parents rarely went to baseball games. We watched all the baseball games, but rarely did we go to the games. When we went to the games, it would be like. A, a school night where like everyone from the school got tickets at, at like a discounted rate and you sat in the upper decks and Mad Max, our dad is like us. We hated being up in those, those high seats. We're, we're all afraid of heights. We're looking like we're going to, we're going to perish. So we spent a lot of time in the upper deck as kids and, and as, as young adults. And when we first had money, the first money that me and beef had, we were like, we are getting season tickets. We're getting, and, and at the time they had this awesome plan that was Saturday and Sunday all season, right? That was your tickets. It was a, a split package and it was just Saturday and Sunday every, so 13 weeks, I think. And we looked all around and we're like, holy cow, this is the cheapest ticket on the lower level. And we get aisle seats. We are seat one and two in section 108, still the same place we sit now. Right. Row 13, seats one and two. We're like, this is like highway robbery, what you can get. <laughs> and so like, so we're like, these are the these are the seats. And we we bought them and we got there. The foul pole is four feet in front of us, just gigantic. And we looked at it and we're like, great seats. I love this. <laughs> we were just we we're like so happy. There's a gigantic foul pole in our face. And we're just like, this is this is this is perfect. This is, this is us. This is perfect. And we've been there ever since. I mean, like, so like the, yes, let people come down, let people stand at the top of the goose there, interact with the maniacs that, that come to the one Oh eight and just like be a part of that. Even if you had a 500 level ticket, because in five years, when that dude goes from being, you know, working like, like me working a messenger job, making minimum wage to, Oh, now I've got a, uh, you know, my professional job. Guess where he's going to go. He's to spend his money. He's going to go. I want to get seats on the lower level because it's really cool down there. I love how much fun I have when I go to these Sox games, that's where that guy's going to spend that money, but you got to introduce it. You get, you got to give him the first one free. 
Man, how, how have we not learned from drug dealers? They're, they're the best entrepreneurs in our entire country for the past thousand years. And we're just like, we're looking at it going like, we don't know what to do here. We don't know what to do. Here's what you do. You you just laid it out. Give them the taste. You guys are great. And I appreciate you stopping by. You're welcome anytime. I want to say thanks for having us on uh, the 108 podcast just the other day here. And I, I want to say thanks it. so much for letting us be a part of what you do. I mean, I... I sit back and I think about it. And when, when I first started this podcast years ago, and then, you know, Ed came along afterwards, but like, I could tell this to even Ed who's sitting here listening to it. When I first started it, you guys could have very easily been like, get out of here. Like, you know, nobody wants to talk to you. Like, yeah, nobody, nobody wants to have anything to do. Socks, is a, that's the dumbest name I ever heard of, Socks in the Basement. Like, <laughs> you guys, and instead you were like, yeah, you're like, yeah, it's cool. Have a beer, blah, blah, blah. Like, I think the first time I popped over to the section there, like, Beef Loaf started buying beers and wouldn't let me buy any. Like, I mean, like, you guys are awesome, and I really appreciate it. And the only thing I could possibly ask is that when you do the 108 tourney this year, if I'm lucky enough to be in it again, can you put me up against Ed so, like, I can actually advance just one round? <laughs> oh, I love that. Well, I love this request. That'll <laughs> make you think you're advancing there, Chief. Oh! <laughs> boy, wow. I like that. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always on socksinthebasement.com.